We hope you came ready to wildly speculate along with us today because that's the type of chat that we have in store. So this is Z. And this is Amy. And you're listening to Curse Words and Crayons Presents True Crime. Today, we are going to be focusing on the Blackburn cult. And you know, Z, that speculating wildly is like my favorite thing. So before we get started, just a real quick, how are you today, my friend? I am doing well, and I hope you and yours can say the same. Honestly, nothing much really going on around here, minus my hyperfixation on researching cases for us and getting in some like back-to-back recording episodes. That's how my mind works. I'm not here to question it. I totally agree. When we get into that groove of like record, 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 I really love it. So I'm really super excited to dive in and get this case recorded. In real time, this week we'll start the first week that we are going to be doing weekly episodes. So I'm super pumped about that. And I'm just, I'm ready to dive into this cult for sure. Yes. I know you say you're not a huge history fan, Amy, but I am. And Roberto has one of his degrees in history. So even though it's not, I guess it is, I guess it's a household thing for us. Uh, But you really like the Poisonous Ladies chat when we did Lydia Sherman and the Borgias, and you really like the Roanoke episode too, right? So I think it's really fun that we get to talk about a bunch of nonsense, at least. Uh, A lot of things aren't known for sure, or a lot of knowledge has been lost throughout the year, so we get to speculate more, and that's fun. I do. I really love that. And dad, if you're listening to this episode, because I know sometimes you listen to this, you're a really good dad and I love you so, so much. But my dad used to drag us to every history thing imaginable when we were children, all of the museums, all of the battlegrounds and all just all of the things. So I just really rebelled against history. But in my old age, I do have to say that it's really kind of growing on me. And these cases, they're interesting. I get a little hooked. I mean, I can I can totally see why you would hate, like, or why you say history isn't your thing then. Um, and I'm making a mental note for myself and our family vacations going forward. That's kind of how I feel when we visit a really neat place that has a ton of historical churches or something. Like, we, I went to Italy, and I have been to, which without Roberto, actually, but I've also been to a bunch of places with cathedrals with him. And he is Catholic. He really does enjoy going to them. I feel my eyes crossing after one or two. Once I've seen one really ornate, beautiful, gorgeous church slash cathedral, that's enough for me. That's enough for me. So I bet that's how you feel. And you know what? I don't think I would want to visit historical battlegrounds. Like when somebody's like, let's go see the Washington Monument. I'm like, you know what? Let's not. Let's in fact, I saw a picture and... Or Mount Rushmore, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen, that's what I was thinking of. Because I was like, you're saying the wrong words. Um, you know, yeah, my brain. I see what you're saying, yeah. Exactly, I, but I've seen a photo. I, I think that's enough. Yes, that's how I feel as well. So I, okay. I'm, I'm glad you understand. <laughs> well, are you ready to get us started today? I am so fully ready. So let's just break it down with the timeline. May Otis Blackburn was born on August 2nd, 1881 in Storm Lake, Iowa. She was the founder and self-appointed queen and high priestess of the 1920s Los Angeles New Religious Movement. So she started this whole thing, and I'm about to go through all of the names and just be ready because it's like a huge mouthful. So they were known as the Divine Order of the Royal Arms of the Great Eleven, also known as the Blackburn Cult, 
also known as the Cult of the Great Eleven, and also known as the Great Eleven Club. So a lot, a lot of information happening in there. That's but in like 19 five names, it's so many names, One, two, and I kind three, of feel four, like four. that's that's when you go wrong in your cult. Like that's too many names. It's too <laughs> many things to really, to be remembered for. Like you need one, just one name. The Blackburn cult would have been perfect. Look, not for me, because I'm just saying, if you call it the Amy cult, the fuck am I doing here? You and the rest of, I guess, I guess. only the Amy's y'all get together and y'all do your own culty thing. I guess I'm going to have a Z cult. Can we not name it all together? Can we not all be part of this? I'm a member too, and my feelings and my voice matter. And I think this is precisely why you would never be in a cult. Um, because I feel <laughs> like I a lot have of to lead it. Right. You would have exactly you'd have to be the leader because a lot of cult <laughs> leaders, it's all about them. Like they're receiving messages from like you're a narcissist, so you couldn't right. be a member of a cult. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, I just, you know, yeah, I'm not a follower and that's OK. That's OK. Yes. So in 1922 on Bunker Hill in Los Angeles, California, May Blackburn and her daughter Ruth began receiving revelations that came directly from Gabriel and Michael the Archangels. According to Blackburn and her daughter, they were the two witnesses first seen by John of Patmos, who is credited for writing the book of Revelation. So if you're like if you know any Bible stuff, this is this is where this comes from. So they are saying like, we're getting direct messages from, from these archangels. We know what's happening. Blackburn claimed that Gabriel and Michael were dictating a book that revealed all the secrets of the universe. And when this book was completed, the seventh seal would break in heaven and an apocalyptic event would occur on earth. The book is going to be called The Seventh Trumpet of Gabriel, though the title was later changed slightly to a more catchy title, The Great Sixth Seal. So there's a lot of mix-ups of six and sevens in this. Basically, they're telling her all the business that she needs to know so that she can start this apocalyptic event. And they're the only ones that can hear or that are privy to this information. So like most great cults, this kind of... This is where this is where we start to, to slip a little bit. I mean, if you can't decide if six things are important or seven things are important, that's kind of, you know, plus the 11. Where I mean, that's a confusing message. Are we 11? Are we six? Are we seven? What's our important number here? Or do we have multiple important numbers? Well, and I think this is where a lot of this goes, goes awry, is that you've got information that's coming to you from a higher power but then all of a sudden that information changes when it becomes less convenient, more convenient in a different thing. So, I mean, it makes sense. But naturally, with all these messages from angels, May and Ruth founded the Divine Order of the Royal Arms of the Great Eleven, or more simply, the Great Eleven Club. The Great Eleven, so here's where Eleven comes in, refers to a proclamation made by May Blackburn that after the apocalypse, the world would be left, the world that was left would be ruled by 11 queens from mansions located in Olive Hill in Hollywood, which I mean, is where they wanted to be. Great. That sounds great. 11 queens and mansions. I, I, that, I mean, yes, uh, Amy called me a narcissist. Apparently I cannot <laughs> be a member of a cult because I'm just so you fucking You just can't be a myself. member. You're a, you're a leader, not a follower. Come exactly. On. Exactly. But if I could be one of the 11 queens in a mansion, I might listen to what May has to tell me for a little bit. I might pretend. I might pretend. 
maybe you could get down with the Blackburn cult if it was like Blackburn cult slash Z gets her own mansion after the world exactly. ends. You can and call I'm gonna, it like, what the fuck ever. Exactly. You can call it whatever you want if you're giving me a mansion and also calling me a queen. Right. Sign me up for that, <laughs> but not so much the like, oh, I have to be a member of your cult. So, I mean, I, I mean, get I'll it. I'll be a member. I'll participate. I just, will it be a facade? You'll never know. <laughs> You'll never know. You'll I do have to know. say, though, I do feel pretty empowered by this cult because I feel like most cults are led by men. And it's yeah. like the men is going to, the man is going to have all of these, you know, all of these rewards after the world dies. And it's like, okay, the women are kind of getting the short end of the stick. Now here there's 11 queens. They're in mansions. I mean, it's pretty good. I'm on board so far. Okay, great. Well, it gets, <laughs> it gets weirder. So just, just be ready. So May is like the leader of this divine order with her daughter as kind of like her like side person um but she was often referred to as the heel of god which if i'm correct basically means like she's showing people where god wants them to walk so like as the heel like the heel of a foot like having to go forward fun fact you shouldn't be walking with your heels though that's bad my physical therapist brother-in-law would probably be not happy with her with her heel of god as that a is... runner this makes my knees ache mm. so yeah. another reason why you maybe shouldn't be in this cult i guess there's <laughs> so many things that are just shoving you away from this from this divine yeah. order they started to develop and gather followers so may and ruth were of course demanding money and property from their members in order to finance the support and support their great work. So they're writing this book, writing a book and having a life and all of these things of a of a high queen, priestess, divine, whatever, takes money. So eventually the cult retired from LA to a retreat in Southern California's Simi Valley. And I think in the homework episode, I told you it was pronounced Sim Valley. It's actually Simi Valley, my bad. But that's where they ended up going. So they moved to this place where, they, you know, they eventually got enough money from their followers. And there were some of the followers that donated some land. And that's how they ended up in, in the Simi Valley. Look, I mean, it sounds very scenaric. Is that the right word? The scenery sounds beautiful. What the yeah. fuck am I saying? I, I don't, don't know. know. It sounds good to me. <laughs> the scene, I, it does. Like, California is a beautiful place. There's a lot of great it scenery. Is. There's a lot of beautiful, like, retreat-esque type places they could go. For them, it's free housing. But, you know, for the people who are in the cult, it's not so free. But, you know, cults tend to live, to, you know, everybody lives together. Everybody kind of, like, chips in and does whatever. So even though they moved, there were a lot of dark rumors and happenings that were kind of following them. So the book was supposed to have been the sixth great seal. It was never published. May Blackburn did eventually publish a book called The Origin of God in 1936. And the narrative contained many of her previous revelations. So the things that she's been told. So the sixth, the great sixth seal was scratched. And I'm assuming it was scratched because of a lawsuit that she was involved in that we'll talk about a little bit later. But by the time it was, it was published, the cult had kind of spun out of control there were rumors of strange happenings, mysterious deaths, people disappearing, a lot of people put, being put into ovens, which is what? super interesting to me. And we're going to talk a little bit about those folks uh, uh, in, a, in a few moments. Um, one of the mysterious disappearances 
was Samuel Rizzio, who was married to Ruth, and he mysteriously went missing after allegedly he struck his wife and was never heard from again. He was said to have been poisoned by May, but his body was never found, and he wasn't the only member to mysteriously go missing. So, I mean, don't strike your wife, but I don't want to, I don't say like poison people that strike their wives, but if you strike your wife and she is the daughter of this cult leader, I don't really know that that's like the best idea. Especially when other people had already gone missing around them and they were doing nefarious kind of things anyways. Right. It just doesn't seem, it would, it would be like if you were married to a person who was a member of the mafia you know, maybe you should just let that argument go. You know, maybe you shouldn't yeah. smack them around because yeah. it's probably not going to be a good look for you. It's really not. It's really not. So one of the cult members, her name was Frances Turner. She was paralyzed. She was allegedly placed in some sort of a homemade oven for two days. Uh, I believe that the reasoning was that to like detoxify her in order for her to be able to walk again, which... I'm not a doctor, but I'm fairly certain that no amount of detoxification is going to make somebody walk, but eventually it resulted in her death. She was there for too long, dehydration and all of that kind of set in. But, I'm all about detoxing from like bad ingredients sure, and like, yeah. you know, bad habits. Um, I'm not going to put myself in an oven to do so. That just That's takes especially- it a step further. It like we've all we know what happens and we're not tinfoil, but we know what happens when you put tinfoil in a microwave. I just feel like, yeah, it's a no. It's a yeah. no. It's not a great idea. But the strangest story associated with the Blackburn cult, which if you do look up things on the Blackburn cult, you see this like princess of the cult and you hear a lot of stories about willow Rhodes and the attempted resurrection of willow Rhodes. so z tell us a little bit about that yes so she was a 16 year old princess of the cult and willa had died under mysterious circumstances the police found her body 14 months after she was deceased under the floorboards of her parents house she was practically mummified Her body was wrapped with spices and salt and surrounded by the corpses of seven dead dogs that had been sacrificed, presumably to ensure her resurrection. Under police questioning, her foster parents claimed that their daughter had died of an infection from, like, I don't know, in her teeth. But the Blackburns had told them that she was not really dead at all. Rather, mere a winning righteous resurrection to take her to the place on a throne known where she would be known as a celestial princess after the incoming apocalypse so according to her foster mother the dead dogs also represented the seven notes of gabriel's celestial trumpet and she insisted that willow was not really dead like that was their whole thing they were like she is not dead she is we are merely waiting for her to be resurrected So we killed a bunch of dogs and mummified her. I mean, (laughs) there's a lot happening there. And it also seems like a really likely story. I mean, the whole thing of being stuck in a brick oven and doing all of those things, like now you've got, I almost feel like, and you know, I'm not in a cult. And I also believe in logic. 
so I, I have a hard time with this, but it's like, could that have just been like a, yeah, she's not really dead. Cause like, what if she was like placed in a brick oven? Like is, did, do we know what her cause of death was? They said it was from an abscessed tooth. Right. But do we know, like, was she from an abscessed tooth and then she was placed in an oven to like detoxify her body or like the tooth is like what poisoned her and killed her? I don't imagine they saw many dentists. Yeah, you would have think that she would have died from like gas and dehydration stuff. or whatever. Yeah, if it wasn't if it wasn't just the tooth. But she Which, was mummified. But that mummified still means I mean it was only 14 months later. There were probably still there was probably still skin. Can they tell how somebody died after 14 months? I mean, I've watched bones, so yeah, they can tell but that. that. But also, this now. was like 1936 or something. I mean, this was like a this was the beginning of the 1900s. So, yes, this is still in the 1920s, 1930s, and I don't know if the if it was advanced enough technology and science was advanced enough where they would be able to really tell you whether or not that was right. what she passed of. Probably not. And I mean, at this point, the situation is pretty bizarre. There's the dogs. She's buried under the house. The parents are like, she's not really dead. So I don't know what kind of like autopsies were being created, like were being done at that point in time. Like, well, she's dead. Like at this point, what else? And she's under the, it's not like, oh, we found her in the middle of the woods somewhere. Like they know where she came from. So I don't know. I do think that's, it is such a bizarre yeah. Under the floorboards, you guys, I cannot. Again, super disrespectful. Also smelly. Even even with the herbs. Even with the herbs and the mummification, it's just bodies deteriorate. It that is in fact a fact. And I cannot. But if you think like it's not today though. So it's in like the 1920s and 30s. At that point in time, like things were not exactly fresh, so I don't know if that is like yeah, that but they also don't thing. have they also don't have AC, and this is California. It does get warm during the day, and I just ugh. I feel like I say this anytime somebody has dead bodies near or around them. I just I wouldn't I would find a swamp, I would find a body of water, but I guess right. that they they had mummified her for her to come back, so they needed right. her to be close by. They need, like, she's, she has another job to do. So it's not just a mummification. It's not just like, oh, we just want to preserve her body because we love her so much. But it's like, no, she's going to come back. So accompanying these chilling rumors um, were disappearances and dead cult members. There were additional claims and accusations of sex scandals, more animal sacrifices, whirling devilish ceremonies which what does that mean that sounds like it might be kind of fun unless they're killing people then count me out and and again disappearances of several other cult members so you might be asking like z just asked what's a whirling dervish so a whirling der- i had to look this up thank you google because i was oh, like it's dervish it's i thought dervish. it was devilish no and i cannot read. is that like the dervish, dervish dancers in yes um, turkey? oh my yes. goodness i love der- okay so we have been to turkey actually that's where aurora was made and i made roberto go to the it, we was stayed in istanbul when we were there which is amazing if you can go somewhere i think istanbul is one of my favorite places that we visited so much fun um and i we there was this one 
restaurant that we went to and this this man was dressed in in a white hat and he had on his dervish outfit and he danced and I was mesmerized I made it was right near the Haga Sophia too and so we got to watch the sunset and he was doing his dance and it was it was amazing it was amazing I still can't get over it so is that that is that what this is yeah, it's actually a religious ceremony. So, I mean, I'm sure oh. they do it for like touristy type things, but um, it's they're usually wearing all white, and it's where it includes spinning in a circle and reciting prayers, usually like in silence. So, to me, it almost feels like the opposite of like a like a revival. You know, like when it's like a re- like where there's like people yelling and screaming and like speaking in tongues. It's all done in like the the prayers are done in like to yourself, like you say up to yourself, but the spinning is part of like, it has something to do with like the arms, the way the arms are reached out is like they're reaching to God to ask for something. Well, Turkey is a very Muslim based nation. Mm -hmm. And so that makes sense that they would be doing a religious ceremony like that, even as more of a touristy kind yeah. of thing. And I, I don't feel like this was a very touristy restaurant, but also, I mean, I was looking at it with fresh new eyes. I didn't know what I was looking at. So maybe it was, yeah. maybe it was, but that's, but that's also cool. it's part of their culture and it's part of, it's part yes. of their religion. So in, in a way it could have just been like, this is a normal Tuesday. Like this is but a normal Christ- night that we do that. Christians do it as well. No, they don't. This is specifically like a Muslim. I don't know if it was specifically Muslim, but it was not a Christian based thing. They do it in Egypt too, but they do it with colorful outfits. Yes. So to me, it almost feels like a, hey, I saw this done and like that looks cool. So we're going to take it on too. But I mean, as far as like the, probably what, if, if you're a religious person and that and a whirling dervish is like a part of your religious proclamation or like your culture. I don't imagine that they probably are super happy with other people taking it and like Christianizing it, you know, like it's kind of, yeah, that's not okay. That's white appropriation for sure. Which hi, welcome. Hi, welcome. Welcome to America. Yeah. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Whoops. We're really sorry. We're trying to do better. Right. We're doing Uh, our best. But we're still not. But not everyone, not everybody, not this lady. So sorry. Oops, our bad. In 1929, Clifford Dabby, a former member of the Blackburn cult, charged May Blackburn with defrauding him of $50,000 that he had given her to help her write her book, which is like almost a million dollars today. Yeah. It's like $900,000 today. That's a lot of money. Blackburn was arrested. So this was the only time that May was arrested. She was arrested on March 2nd in 1930 on eight counts of grand theft. So he was not the only person that she had taken money from and she had promised to like show them what she was working on and that they would have sneak peeks. Also, she promised that this book was actually going to be published. That's a lot of money for to write a book too from just one person. Now, if I, I mean, just to, just to fund it. And then once she, sure. then she would sell it to her followers. No. So that's a lot. Or is it a gift? Even so that's a lot of money from just one of those people. Right. He was the nephew of some big oil t- 
tycoon person. So he had a ton of money anyways, like his family did. But also, like, I think some of that money and was probably also in relation to, like, property, too. Because he donated some of the land that they moved mm. to Simi Valley with as well. So I do think he... I do. I wouldn't be surprised if he gave them fifty thousand for the book specifically, because I mean, this is a big book, and if you're, if you're, you know, eating what she's putting down, like you are, you know, you're believing what's going on, and if you've got fifty thousand dollars to burn, like you're doing that. But eventually, at some point, he's like, "You're a liar. Jig is up. Like this isn't good anymore." Roberto's written a couple books, and let me just say that nobody has ever paid him fifty grand to write his books, and I feel cheated. I'm gonna go burn his study down no just kidding but like <laughs> that's just a lot of that's a lot of money yeah I'm sorry that's a lot of money for research and stuff like what are you doing with 50 well I you know what I don't want to know because I don't want to be a member of this Blackburn cult I guess you don't determine is the book like legit or not I mean because obviously like ladies cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs so here's all this stuff going on but you're really I guess looking at the product at hand like crazy or not you said you were going to write a book and you didn't do it I feel like there's just so much more entangled in this book deal. That's and it was made even murkier by other allegations of missing people and mysterious deaths. The trial, the trial had included prosecutors throwing out the bizarre tale of Willa Rhodes, the vanishings. And in the end, it was ruled to have been an unfair trial because a... Mm. Yeah, it was ruled to be an unfair trial and possibly a dangerous encroachment on religious freedom. And this is actually when the cult sort of disappeared. So May died in 1951. The legacy of the group had been really kind of like shrouded in mystery. There's no clear answers as to what happened to any of the members that vanished. Nobody was ever charged of anything because of like encroachment on religious freedom. It just remains like a weird tale of a curl of a cult like lurking off in the shadows. So whether or not its intentions were true and whether what the extent of the operations were, we will never know. Dun, yeah. dun, dun. I just can't get over the girl in the floorboards. That's too much for me. I mean, all, all of it's a little much for me. Again, the fact that, like, I guess she did produce a book in the end. So maybe that's part of why the trial was also thrown out. Because if they could see that she was actively like writing it. Yeah. 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 And if they didn't have a clear contract. So this is why you get things in writings, guys. Yeah. That's just it. This is why you get things in writing. Still, I it's just, it's a big no for me. Amy, I feel like we missed a couple details that you will know a little bit more about. So is there anything that we missed? There's really just two things. So the cult itself is like super weird, right? Like you've got all these disappearances. There's the whole Willow Roads thing and there's the dead animals and the husband that goes missing and like all of the things. But what really interests me about this cult is first Ruth, who's May's daughter. So Ruth was actually an actress. She tried to be an actress in like the silent pictures, but she wasn't very good. And so eventually, like sometimes happens when you're not a very good actress, you turn to exotic dancing. So she actually became at the time, and this is like not a culturally appropriate term today, but she, it was called oriental dancing. 
Um, oh. But it's really just like, like exotic dancing. I don't think it's like new, like stripping, but it's kind of close. When that didn't work out, she decided, you know, the next best thing is to become a queen in the divine order of the royal arms of the great 11, which I mean, naturally is, is where you go with that. So she was never really classified as very smart, but she was really pretty. So she swindled a lot of men. She was, she had the husband that went missing who, um, struck her and then we think maybe may poisoned him we're not really sure but she had been married before but the guy that she was married to was actually like eight or so years younger than she was and oh. he had, i think he had some good money too in the homework episode didn't you mention that she was possibly even may's sister so here's where it gets kind of tricky 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 is that there was a lot of speculation as to how old may actually was because she was one of those ladies that just kind of kept making her age younger and younger and so eventually it got to the point where she couldn't possibly be any younger and still have a child of a certain age so I think that's where a lot of that came in was that they would say like you know eventually she's like I'm only 30 I'm only 28 and it's like okay well if you're any younger you're gonna have had her when you were two so like there there it started to kind of be like well no she's my sister but I do think it's, it is pretty, I mean, like it's pretty, you're, we're able to find, to see that she did, she was actually her daughter and it was more so that she just kept making herself out to be younger and younger. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah. Which, I mean, if I could get away with that same, like, I'm going to tell you I'm 21, like, it's awesome. But um, the next person I wanted to chat about was Ward Blackburn, who was actually May's husband. So in this cult, it's interesting to me because you don't hear a lot about her husband. It's all about her and it's all about, it's really mainly about her, but then also about Ruth. But this cult is so like female driven that I think oftentimes I forget that she was even married. So I think it's really interesting, but uh, she was married. His name was Ward. And he was not much of a looker. If you look in, and I'll put some of the links in the resources, there's a lot of pictures of him out there, and he looks like a real creep. But he had money, and he was pretty active in the cult. So he was, I guess at that point, kind of classified as one of, of her followers, because he really wasn't Yeah, he couldn't like be a, a queen. Leader. He couldn't be a princess. Right. Right. I didn't even know she was married and I did research this case. <laughs> yeah. Because you don't talk about him a lot no. because it's not somebody that he wasn't really, he was just more of a member. He wasn't really like a big time dude in this, in this cult, but he was like a real weirdo. He had like a really long, like villain mustache and reportedly five inch long fingernails. He died in 1975, but there isn't much I could find on him, like, after May was arrested. So I think, like, she was arrested and he kind of, like, sleeked into, like, the background. Um, I'm assuming because he did have some money, I'm sure there was some, like, family influence to that. But something else that I find also kind of weird, I know, I'm sure you're going to have things to say about Ward, but I couldn't find anything about Ruth or when she died. So I don't know ah. if she's still alive or if she died or if she just kind of disappeared and nobody's ever heard from her again, which is another weird speculate wildly point of this case, because what the hell happened to her after her mom went to jail? Nobody knows. No, not at all. I mean, I'm sure you Googled it and everything. I, I didn't even couldn't look find into anything. It. I couldn't find anything. 
That's so weird. Okay, back to Ward, though. Anybody yes. has super long fingernails, it makes me think that they use recreational cocaine all the time or cocaine recreationally, you know? That's a pretty common, like, stereotype. Yeah, also, because you're like, supposed to have that one long pinky nail so that you can do like a bump skin, in your pinky nail. Yeah, like skin yeah. and coke. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a cocaine person. Um, it's very expensive. Oh, and also it is uh, highly addicting. And, you know, I just... I don't need that. I don't need something that's very expensive and highly addicting in my life. Like I'm good. Like I'm good. I'll find other, other ways to, you know, burn my money on fire. It's just not going to be with cocaine. But yeah, if you have super, if you have super long nails, uh, one, your diet's got to be on point because if they're long and they're not brittle, I mean, that, that, that means something. But yeah, I think that he may or may not. I mean, I don't know. It makes me feel though that he big coke vibes for me I agree I don't know so much about the coke part I mean yes I I also had that assumption but I'm thinking as I was like looking at this like five inch long fingernails like yes they have to be super healthy but also like how could you are they dirty how do you wipe your butt but see that's always my question I know that there are some people in this world who really like the super long nails I just can't I can't do it and like you're building, like you're building property, you're doing all of this stuff for this cult, you're putting people in ovens, like there's a lot of work that's happening. And I feel like five inch long fingernails are just not a good tool. Or maybe it is a good tool. If you're like digging stuff, maybe that's good for that. I don't know. I don't think it's great, but I do think it's a weird fact. I didn't, I could not find how he died, but he did die in 1975, which feels like not that long ago, but I mean, yeah, this case was a long time see, ago, but, you know. I don't, I don't know. see anything about when Ruth died either. Like, no. I believed you, but I yeah. just don't. But it feels weird, right? Like, she was, she's named in this cult and all of these things, and she was the daughter of this, you know, of this cult leader. But it's like, once May went to jail. That was it. That she's was all. Done. That was Maybe all she, she changed her name and just disappeared into the night. Never I mean, again. I don't, can't say I that would I change my have name. done the same. I've, yeah. I've either had my husband poisoned because he struck me or was involved in something of that nature. She had some, you know, failed attempts at stardom and maybe she just wanted to start life over again doing something else. I don't know. She's one of the, the dis, one of the people that disappeared, I guess. I know, but I mean, to be honest, like if I was involved in a cult and especially if that cult like went south, like something didn't go well, I finally realized like this lady's full of shit and she's not, you know, she's not really speaking to the archangel. Like, okay, cool. I can't say that I wouldn't also be like, I'm going to just sit back here quietly. Nobody, nobody look at me. I'm fine over here by myself. Have you seen, and I think it's on Hulu, have you seen The Way Down? Mm-mm. Okay, it's about this. Um, first of all, let me find out what it's actually called. Yeah, it is called The Way Down, but like weight way, if you will. And it it, it goes over Gwen Lara. And it is on Hulu, and it was a faith-based weight loss group Ooh. yeah 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 so if you enjoyed this episode definitely look more into that 
Yeah. How they tell you to treat your children or how they said to discipline your children and stuff too was kind of like really like that's the only thing that I'm like, you know, just be a little careful with that. Uh, that kind of like that was hard for me to listen to. But it's super, it's super good. Um, I really enjoyed that documentary and it has nothing to do with the Blackburn cult. But I feel like it's similar, not at all similar, not at all similar, but also kind of similar because it it was a cult. Like, come on. I think cultish stuff. Yeah. And I think I think weight loss in general is kind of a cult. So um, like Weight Watchers. Yeah. Like all of those like organized weight loss things that are telling you like this is the only and I mean, if you're into like keto or Weight Watchers or whatever, like, do you, that's your thing. But there's a lot of disordered thinking that goes into, I don't you know, those types them. of things. Yeah. Roberto does keto and he's like big into it, whatever. That's fine. That, I, that I don't find to be like as weird because like there, I mean, he's, he doesn't do like groups about it or anything like that. I mean, he, he just follows the rules and like, I, I'm, it's not my diet. It's not how I choose to eat. Um, so that's okay. If that's what makes him feel his best, then that's what makes him feel his best. Also, you know, our neighbors did it for a long time and they had a lot of success with it. I do not understand Weight Watchers though, because like, I don't understand how you can eat something and it counts as zero points. Also for me, okay. So I used to be a big, this has nothing to do with the Blackburn Colt. I hope you enjoyed us talking about that because apparently that's the end. (laughs) Because now we're done. We're talking about weight loss now. Exactly. No, but I used to do my fitness pal. Yeah. For a long time. And I had to delete it because I was getting like so obsessed with the amount of calories that I was like consuming. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I just like so obsessed with like writing it down and all sorts of things. And you know what, you know what happened? I actually lost weight, even, even though it wasn't like my main focus anymore, because I was focused more on like eating what was nutritious, nutritious for my body and then actually exercising. Cause it's a weird thing. If you walk for 20 to 20 minutes to an Mm -hmm. hour every day, guess what? It's good for you. That's good for you. So start with that. I think that you're in a cult. I don't think that's real. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I, I do run and that yeah. does make me fucking weird. Uh, it does make I, you in the running cult. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I definitely drink the running Kool-Aid. It is a thing. I pay, I pay money to uh, run, you know, just for a beer and a banana, maybe. Maybe you know, if I'm lucky. T-shirt. Sometimes they give me a medal. Most of the time they give me a medal. But also, um, yeah, I mean, I do know running is also pretty, pretty culty. I do it by myself, though. I mean, most of the time, unless I'm in a race. I I don't know. I'm not better than anybody else. I'm just saying. I think that there are lots of things in this world, like certain types of exercise. um, What is that? CrossFit. That can be viewed as very culty or like certain running groups. There's, I mean, literally, and I don't want to say every, but like every weight loss kind of group out there. If you're treating it in a way that's like, this is word, this is everything. This is the only way. Right. It can be really cultish because it's very isolating, especially if you're like, so like, let's say you're in a running group and you're like, I don't really want to go running today because I don't feel like it or my body doesn't feel like it. And your running group is not into that. Like, I definitely have heard of people if they're in a group that's like, it's super ostracizing, like, well, you can't run with us anymore because you're not dedicated enough. And like, you have to really like. Get out of here. If you I can't don't take think a day every, off. 
right. that's unhealthy. That's not good and for your body. Take days off, take rest days, take time to lay in bed and stare at the ceiling and contemplate why you exist. <laughs> like, like, I don't think there's any group of any kind, you put crocheting in that group, put, I don't know, raising goldfish, whatever it is, that it's like, there's only one way to do this. And I'm not, if you don't listen to this one way that I believe is the real way to do this, then you're out, like you're not involved. And I think that's where the cult mentality comes in. Like if you, if Roberto did keto and he said like, I'm not going to talk to you or Aurora because you guys don't do keto. Like that's where it becomes a cult. It's like, do Ooh. you for yourself, buddy, yeah. like do your own thing, but it's not for everybody. Yeah, sometimes people do put their kids on keto diets and I just can't sign up for that. Or like vegan diets, look, I don't know. I haven't done the research, so who am I to right. say anything? But also it just makes me feel a little icks. Like I just instinctively doesn't feel like the correct way to do something. Again, the correct way for me is going to be the correct, is going to be incorrect for somebody else. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I don't. And I think that's I where like I'm up bring it back around to cults. Oh, I think yeah. that's where cults, I know, because that's what we're here to talk about. I think that's where cults go wrong is that it's like, this is, this is the one way that they, that I can do this. And the way I'm going to make you believe that it's the one way that it's done is because God is telling me that like this, this superior being that, you know, people either really super believe in or don't believe in at all or feel like, oh, if I don't listen, it's really going to be a hard thing for, you know, I'm not going to be able to, I won't make it to heaven or I won't do whatever. If you're messing with somebody's sense of religion or sense of purpose, that's when cults get, that's when they get you. But this was our first episode centered around cults. And it's in the books. And I hope you liked it because I really want to do more. And if you don't like it, then Z's not going to let me do any more. Okay. So <laughs> everybody really like it. Okay. Say you really like it. No, I really like talking about this kind of stuff because I think it's super fascinating, the whole psychology behind cults and why people join cults and why people make cults and, you know, all the culty cult cult things. I just really like them. But I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Next time when we come back together, it'll be for another homework episode. Please send us your case suggestions. Send us an email to say hi. Send us some money on Patreon if you want to show your support or just share our podcast with your friends. Word of mouth is the best way to get um, our crazy episodes out there. And you'll never know what you're going to get. Sometimes we're going to talk about keto and cults in the same episode. And that <laughs> is what you get when you come here. But until then, we will talk to you soon. Goodbye. Bye.